So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode 43 of So There. I'm Gary Doyle. And I'm Tom Karamitis. Recording this on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Tom. And back at you, Gary Doyle. Happy Father's Day. We don't share, well, we do share a lot of our personal lives on this, but you may not know that we're fathers. We are fathers. Father's Day never, you know what, Mother's Day is so wrapped up in, in all kinds of, you know, emotion and guilt and it just seems a much more high stakes holiday than Father's Day at least to me anyway. Father's Day seems to be a bit of an afterthought as far as the card world. I mean God forbid you forget somebody important on Mother's Day but I don't feel quite the same pressure as Father's Day. I think you're absolutely right. Mother's Day carries much more cultural currency. So what's on your mind today Tom? Well um, I was watching I mean I was watching it's so rare that I end up watching PBS, but I was watching PBS about a week ago. They had something on that seemed interesting to me. And 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 sure enough, sure enough, you're, you're, you're 10 minutes into it and they, they interrupt this wonderful documentary, whatever it was, with you, you realize that you're in a pledge drive. So I came to the conclusion that with, with PBS, either... Either they, they, you know, either they, they do stack their, their best programming in pledge drives or, the other thing that occurred to me, they're constantly having a pledge drive. It's one or the other. But I just, I have, a, I have an issue with the pledge drives. I know that's how they, 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 they depend on the pledge drives to survive. But there's this, speaking of Mother's Day, Father's Day guilt, there's this overwhelming sense of guilt that, and in fact, there was a, a PBS person a number of years ago who used the term freeloader. During the pledge drive, don't be a freeloader, they said. Whoa. Yeah. So, you know, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with PBS. I, 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 I salute their mission. I support them. But I, you know, look, I do pay a monthly thing to, to, to uh, Xfinity. And, and I'm assuming that some of that money somewhere goes to PBS for the, so they have the right to carry their programming. But I don't know. Do you ever watch PBS? Yeah. I mean, our tax dollars support PBS. I think you just said that. So I guess that's why I don't, for the same reason I don't, com- I don't contribute to school fundraisers in general, at least when my kids are in school, I didn't because I'm like, I pay a ton of money in taxes for our schools. Why are they asking for more money? Well, to the point you just made, our tax dollars support PBS. Right. Um, I'm assuming that the, 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 the cable provider is paying some money to PBS, otherwise PBS probably wouldn't well I, I, I shouldn't say that that may not be the case but everybody else espn everybody else that you see on your xfinity or whatever um part of the money you pay xfinity every month is going to those programmers i would think right yeah and, so and, that, the, and the pledge drive they're they're too long they're 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 commercials for the pledge drive are like 15 minutes long who wants you know all they say in those 15 minutes is all they say is you're your your contribution will help you watch great programs like what you're watching and if you do you'll get this tote bag now why does it take 15 minutes to say that and then they show people um 
on the phone, which is a little archaic, but they show people in the background on the phone. And the production values are kind of low, I'd just like to say. so. Yeah, I don't know why it's 15 minutes either. It's obviously... Um, all filler. I mean, then, then they go into this kind of mindless recap of what you've been watching, and you know, Frank Sin- you talk about Frank Sinatra or whatever the, the, the documentary is about, and you just want to, you know, I, I, you know what? The, that's a really good point you made. I don't think I'd mind it as much if it was like five minutes every hour or something, you know, instead where there'd normally be a commercial break, they come in and just say, hey, just a reminder, guys, we love bringing this kind of programming, but we need your help. But 15 minutes every hour, it's just. Or, or, or like typical commercial breaks where there's like three commercial breaks in the course of an hour and each one's 30 seconds or a minute. And they spend that minute going, you know, you, they could be creative about it. You know, you want to watch the next 40 minutes of this, of this episode, right? We're guessing you're enjoying it. You wouldn't be able to watch it without contributions from our listeners, right? And then they yeah. could, you know, they should do it like three times like uh, uh, an hour and keep them very short, like typical commercial length times. I'm gonna. I have a friend at PBS in Washington D.C. I am gonna air these grievances to her. Whoa. Yeah. We'll report back. And see if it gets any traction. Because I know TV networks in general do not want to piss off Gary Doyle and Tom Karamitis. Well, no, they're they're well aware of our media might and our vast listenership. So there. I think we should create a new stinger. Maybe we'll ask our our engineer, John Binder, to create a stinger about this. Uh, we've asked John to do a lot of freebies, so at some point he's going to tell us to piss off. <laughs> but, you know, we could call it something like, we need a better title, but we could call it something like Workplace Foibles, right? Uh, you know, co-worker... Uh, I need, a, I need a word that begins with W. You get what I mean, you know. Um, but a couple things that, that, you know, that I wanted to talk about that I've observed lately in, in, uh, in my job is something, one thing is I'll call it the 5 o'clock flurry. And what that is is at 5 o'clock, around 5 o'clock, you get a blizzard of emails. You know, I mean, in the course of the day, you'll have a normal amount of emails and, you know, they'll come through and all that. That's fine. You're answering them. And, but then at five, there's like this blitz and you'll get, or 5.30, you'll get like 20. And I don't understand that. I mean, why does everybody choose to send this barrage of emails at, at the end of the day? Is it, is it, I don't know, have they been in meetings all day? I kind of doubt that. Nobody's in meetings eight hours a day but i I just don't understand it why you know why why are you doing this it's uh it's odd to me and i don't understand the psychology behind it i think they're also extra soul crushing because you've you've kind of said to myself i made it i survived another day look at me it's five o'clock i can and then all of a sudden just when you're like putting your top hat on and your galoshes boom not so fast son it is so crushing. Top hat and galoshes. <laughs> those are those are two things that probably no human being has ever worn at the same time. A top hat and galoshes. I'm going a little madman on you right there. <laughs> Especially not even madmen wore that. Especially they have not donned those two things at the time at the same time after answering emails or at the end of a workday. <laughs> but you're right. It is soul crushing. I mean, not that work. We all know in advertising, work 
usually doesn't end at five. I'm not expecting that just to, you know, clock out and go home. But it's you're right. You know, you expect it uh, at least ease up a little bit and you get a little a little time to clear your head and tackle whatever it is you want to tackle. But then, boom, <laughs> 20, 22 people all at the same time hit send. You know, I don't understand app- it. Well, the other thing about what you just mentioned, which makes it that narrow window is, 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 I was saying, I was thinking when you were first talking about that, how do I feel when I get that barrage at 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night? I think the 5 o'clock barrage is worse because at 9 o'clock at night, you can make the excuse that, you know what, I'm not even going to look at this until (laughs) tomorrow. (laughs) But at 5 o'clock, you're still kind of obligated. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah, I wonder, what what is your, I'm not sure what my obligation time is. That's a great point. Like at nine, yeah, I'm not gonna unless it's urgent client meeting the next morning or a pitch or whatever. You're right, but what's the cutoff? Like five thirty, probably not. Six, maybe. You know, but what is the cutoff where you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, okay. So that's one thing. Another. Uh, how about coworker wackiness? That's not right. But you know, you get what I'm saying. Another thing that I've noticed is I call it. And this is a thing that happens, that's, that's taken over the way people talk, the way a lot of people talk in the business world, maybe in the ad world, is I call it weirdly bored business speak. So you talk in a way where you're reciting things in a very bored, almost um, you're put upon to do this fashion. Like I'll give you an example, like a, a person's talking to the client and they'll say, and so we thought we would talk to millennials and we would ask them what their preferences are for garlic bread. And we thought we, we hypothesized that it might be about uh, habits or what they do in the grocery store. And it's this weird way of talking where everything is a, kind of a bored recitation and it's become very prevalent and by the way i'm using garlic bread i'm not talk, speaking to the people that work on i do work on a garlic bread account i'm not speaking to you in particular i use garlic bread as a placeholder but you know it's just oddly um you know i'm kind of i have to do this and i got to talk about market share well, let and me ask you a question. Is that? Do you think that's just a a, 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 a just a general verbal tick that this these people have, or do you think it's tied to our business or meetings? Or have you, you've noticed it more than than just with an isolated person? It's. I mean, I'm, I don't work in other industries, so I don't know if it's if it's uh, in other industries. But I maybe, maybe it's uh, I I don't know. Maybe it's an advertising thing. Maybe it's an advertising thing. Maybe because um, I will say I I do know of a millennial at my agency that has a very similar verbal tick. So I'm uh, wondering, is it a millennial thing? Is it a? I think I think it is. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna anger my children who are millennials. They don't like it when I generalize about millennials, but I think that's true. It's a millennial thing, you know. And I think I just I just want to say, you know, talk like a normal person. Just talk. You don't have to. You don't have to be, oh my God, I got to talk about this again. Kill me now. (laughs) See, that's one benefit to the fact that my children have no interest in this podcast. (laughs) I can criticize them up and down the block. Half of my family 
listens to this and the other half does not care. Yeah, let's face it. By the time you get to episode 43, to most people, it's become a shoulder shrug. I mean, it has to me. <laughs> it's no longer big news anymore, is it? I remember we published our first few episodes. We were kind of waiting for the world to explode in reaction. <laughs> I was I was worried about Google servers. Frankly. I was worried about the volume. Didn't turn out to be a problem. Uh, this is something, I, and I wrote this down last week, and think, oh, maybe we'll talk about this in the podcast. And I don't know if Gary Doyle is going to want to talk about this in the podcast or not, but I'm going to float it out there for a second, because it's a bit of a delicate topic. Whoa. Uh, I, and I want to ask you, do you find more than any other group of professionals at an ad agency that creatives are... Um, they tend to snipe at each other behind each other's backs a lot, more so than than other departments. That that uh, that you'll hear somebody say, "Oh yeah, he's a hack," you know. That there's that you know that there isn't a, there isn't generally speaking, the comments that I find upper well, creatives, creative directors will make about each other are generally tend to be negative more than positive. And I thought about it, I thought, well, maybe it's because more, more than other departments at <coughs> an agency, creatives are directly competing with each other to sell work, you know, for, you know, to work on certain pieces of business, to win awards. I mean, that's more their currency than, than other departments. But is that just my perception or would you agree with that? I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think, it's, I think you make a great point about competition. I think there's a lot of insecurity in any creative field, uh, whether it's advertising or music or art. There, people generally think that uh, uh, that they're no good and they're resentful of other people who are, uh, you know, perhaps rewarded when they think they shouldn't be. I think there's a lot of insecurity, but uh, absolutely, absolutely, all you have to do is, um, you know, the old agency spy was a gossip site for. Uh, advertising the advertising industry and 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 the uh, they actually stopped comments they they don't have comments anymore because they they removed them because people were so nasty and so catty that anybody that got mentioned in any story there could have been a, a story about mother teresa mother teresa did an ad <laughs> and people would have said oh, oh mother teresa uh, what has she done lately? Yeah, yeah, you know, helped poverty, you know, and hunger, but, you know, what's she done lately? I haven't heard much about her. I mean, you know, anybody they'd mentioned would get trashed by the advertising community. Until they passed away, and then they were no longer a threat, so that was the one time they could finally be, somebody could be magnanimous with, you know, he was really talented, but... Um, Hollywood's the same way, right? Oh, like yeah. They, they, after someone's passed, then all the stars come out, and they're like, oh my God, they were so great. But it's the same thing, I'm sure it's the same thing in the, in the entertainment industry. It's like they all think these other people are, they trash them, and, you know, it's, it's insecurity. But, but you're right, when, when they've passed, it's like, oh... An incredible artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to give you one quick thing here. Uh, I'm going to add. This is this is the first ever. So there, riddle. Whoa. All right. Tell me something, Gary Doyle. 
that you only see in very upscale and very low-income neighborhoods. Mm. Boy, I don't know. No sidewalks. You ever mm. notice that sidewalks seem to be kind of more a function of middle class and upper middle class neighborhoods. If you go to very high-end neighborhoods, they, you know, my guess is there they don't want people walking around their yeah, neighborhoods. So there is, so it goes true. right from the lawn to the street. That's true. And in very, very poor neighborhoods, there's perhaps not the tax base or whatever other reasons, there are no sidewalks. I just thought that was interesting. I always thought sidewalks were kind of a universal thing, but, but they're really not. It's... Uh, you know, it's uh, it's very much uh, kind of uh, yeah. <laughs> is that a riddle though? I was prepared for a riddle. That is more of a typical Sotherian Sotherian <laughs> conundrum or observation or puzzle. Or an I wonder why. I I wonder why. <laughs> Which we don't have an appropriate stinger for anymore because you've rejected the one I did. And I wonder why. To your point uh, earlier today, I don't want to ask John Binder to do another one yet because he just did your uh, a new one on I Decree, I think. I, I Decree. decree. Uh, uh, Say, we're stuck. We're stuck a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of that. Ah, I can't think of it now. But the, uh, um, oh, the surgeon. Remember the surgeon riddle? The surgeon riddle. Yeah, that's a famous. Oh one. yeah, you mean the thing that uh, when they said I can't operate on this. Yeah, child. Yeah. He's yeah, my the son. son. Right. The son. The son and the father got in a car crash, and uh, yeah, the surgeon comes in and, and the says, son, and the son was. Yeah badly injured rushed to the hospital and the surgeon said i can't operate the, on him he's my son right how is this possible right it was a more effective riddle the first time i had heard that riddle was on an all in the family episode in the early 70s and yeah the answer was that the surgeon is the boy's mother but and then right. it was like oh my gosh what a concept a female surgeon i never would have thought of that um <laughs> but i remember that riddle because yeah the whole ep that whole episode was based on no one could figure it out until Edith figured it out, I think, at the end of the episode. God bless her. If any of you so there listeners were not aware that, yes, the surgeon was his mother. Although, if you think about TV shows, not many female surgeons, right? Right? Not many. Yeah. 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 Who, was, who was Chad Everett? Who did Chad, Chad Everett, a medical center. Yeah, he played a surgeon. George yeah. Clooney played a surgeon. Uh... On ER. Yeah, lots of male surgeons. Chad Everett. What did he do? Solve crimes and he was a surgeon? I don't know. He was just <laughs> like he was Jack very handsome. Klugman, like Jack Klugman, the oh, Quincy. Quincy, the yeah. the crime solving coroner. <laughs> uh, Tom, would you like uh, me to share a little mail? I'd love some mail. We haven't had mail in a while. I should think to check that inbox every so often. I don't think much will be in there. <laughs> That's why I don't check it. <laughs> the so there, the so there mailbox has an echo when you speak into it. There's a there's a loud echo, echo, echo. Any, any messages, messages, messages. Uh, <laughs> but we did get one from a listener 
Tom, also named Tom, not Tom Karamitis, although Tom Karamitis has been known to listen to his own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The same way that great, great singer-songwriters sometimes go back and listen to their old records. Many do not. Many do not, Mm. yeah. All right, so Tom writes, in case your podcast needs some old white guy rants, by the way, Tom, it doesn't, because that's all this. This podcast could have been called Old White Guy Rants <laughs> instead of So There. Uh, but Tom writes, in case your podcast needs some old white guy rants. Number one, targeted marketing. Marketers brag about their ability to reach consumers based on browsing habits, but in my experience, they are way off the mark. For example, someone recently asked if one of my books, this is an author. Tom is an author, a New York Times bestselling author, actually, no lie. Someone asked if one of my books was available in Spanish, so I Googled it for three days after all the ads in my browser were in Spanish. Also, a year ago, I ordered a pair of shoes online. For days afterwards, my browser was full of ads for shoes, but guess what, guys? I already bought the shoes. Good point. Uh, Does your research show that people who just bought a pair of shoes are going to immediately buy another pair? The smart thing would be to show me anything but shoes, because I already bought shoes. Third example of this, six months ago I bought a blouse for my wife online ever since I've been getting ads for women's clothing. And here's the interesting part, because I'm not clicking through, the clothing they pitch me gets more and more provocative. As if that's going to entice me, I finally realized I can game the system by shopping for things I actually like to look at, which prompts ads for those things. So I shop for, but never buy, (coughs) expensive fine art, vintage cars, and upscale ping pong tables. All right. Item rant, uh, white guy rant number two from Tom. Modern farmhouse. My wife grew up on a farm and assures me that no farmer worth their salt would be caught dead in a house full of fake old-timey signs and weathered bric-a-brac from Hobby Lobby. As she tells it, farmhouses are old and manure-saturated unless the farmer is successful enough to build a house, a new house, in which case they build a simple brick ranch house decorated with as little evidence as animal husbandry as possible and his third example of an old white guy rant and this is a great one it's i can't this is not a visual medium so there it's a podcast but he shares a picture of a yellow freight truck right but the but the truck is orange (laughs) if you want to this is a conundrum if you want to google the yellow freight logo it's actually orange interesting It is. Yellow Freight is orange. So there. Tom's first point reminded me of uh, something somebody at Leo Burnett told me in a meeting once when they said, um, Facebook is who you'd like to be. Google is who you are. What you put into that Google search box, you know, I think anti-itch ointment. That's (laughs) the veil has been lifted there. That's, and, a great, uh, that's a great quote. Very true. Thank you, Tom. I like it. It's, 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 Tom put a lot of thought into that. Tom is a thoughtful guy. He's a loyal listener. And, um, and like us, an old white man. <laughs> Who likes to rant. <laughs> Apparently, he doesn't like to rant. He's a nice person. Do we have time for one more thing? Oh my gosh, Tom Karamitis. Wow. I, I'm, I'm a little ashamed of what I did. 
Um, does Gary Doyle ever participate in online forums? Like, I know you're in the process of buying a new TV. Will you like go to the online forum, perhaps for that TV, and listen and look at the the questions people ask and discussions people have about various features? I, do you do that? The only ever? thing the only thing I do that for out of any habit at all is there's a Chicago Cubs uh, fans fan blog called Bleacher Nation. And I engage during games in, in dialogue with the other fans. You know, usually okay. it's complaining about the team or why they bring in this pitcher. If that's what you're talking about, I don't about products, but I, I do engage in an online dialogue for the Cubs. Well, you'll understand the spirit of what, of what, what happened to me. I, I won't identify the, the company because I don't want anybody to to search me out but i bought a product a tech product and i had some questions about it so i found the online forum for this product and um i asked a question and the person who answered it their answer didn't make any sense because i said i've already tried that and it didn't work and the person got kind of progressively more nasty and kind of started every response with as i said da -da 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 -da. and then i responded with as I said, I've already tried that and it didn't work. So, you know, th this went back and forth and I'm feeling my blood pressure rising. And then a couple other people chimed in and started bullying me a little bit, you know, like, because I guess the, a lot of these online forums are kind of a tightly kept little clique of people who just hang out together on the online forum and answer questions and stuff. Anyway, I didn't really know what to do because I realized I didn't want to keep escalating this and I was feeling a combination of anger and embarrassment. So what I did was, and this is the part that's embarrassing, <laughs> I created a fake alternate ID for myself. And I, you know, different email address, different username, and I got on there and under the fake ID, I chastised the people <laughs> who were bullying Tom Karamitis. <laughs> So that you created a burner account. Do you know what burner accounts are? No, I haven't heard that. That's what they're called. That's for, that's what people who um, will create a burner account to. <laughs> that's an alter ego. Kevin Durant, the superstar basketball player, famously created a burner account that he could respond to his critics about on Twitter. And he was found out. He would respond and people would say, Kevin Durant is having a terrible year. And he'd respond and go, no, I think he's actually pretty good. And it was found to be Kevin Durant. Didn't Donald Trump have one of those when he was before he was president? He it was he had this fake name that he'd use that would pop up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think he. Yeah, I think so. He also used to call. He, he used to call journalists under an assumed identity. He would yeah, try that, to pretend he wasn't Donald. Okay, Trump. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay, okay. But anyway, you know, I felt I felt a combination of satisfaction and embarrassment at the same time. Because I, 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 I realized by, and, and it's quite possible that I was just being thick-headed, that the answer they were giving me was correct and I just didn't understand it. But they kept, they, they kind of mansplained it to me. They kept explaining what I needed to do in the exact same terms over and over again. So, um, yeah, yeah, I just... Uh, I went to all this trouble, created a fake ID, got online with that fake ID, and chastised them for making, for 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 not treating Mr. Karamitis with a little bit more dignity and compassion. You do deserve dignity and compassion. You do, especially today on on Father's Day. But uh, yeah, I've uh, yeah I've engaged. I, I don't engage anymore with like getting fights like you're saying with people because at some point you're like. You're arguing online with a person you've never met. This is the height of ridiculousness. 
So, When I got a new car a few years ago, I, I had a question about it, and I had a similar experience. A guy who was obviously a gearhead was, was telling me stuff I didn't really understand, and I... I asked him a follow-up question, and he got he got a little sarcastic with me. So my response was, "Hey, you know what? Maybe sometime you can come down to my office, and I'll make fun of all your stupid questions." Whoa! I felt good about that. I felt that was a decent comeback. That is good. That is good. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's just in the end a waste of time. You know, Char- Charles Barkley had a great quote. He said. Uh, he said once, I'm not on social media. And people said, oh, how could you not be on social media? And he said, because social media is where fools go to feel important. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. And unfortunately, I was one of those fools this past week. So, <laughs> Well, Gary, uh, should we wrap off up our special Father's Day episode of So There? Yes, very special Father's Day episode. Happy Father's Day. To all the fathers out there and for for all the work they do. And until next time, for Gary Doyle, this is Tom Karamaita saying, So, so there! there.